coming up on Thunder Pop. This is the 126th episode of the Thunder Pop podcast. I'm Stephen Presley at the Thunder Pop Dome, but via Skype on the computer screen right in front of me, the one and only, the boy wonder, Johnny Lightfoot. Hello, hello. Yes, indeed. Coming to you for the 126th, and on this episode... Again, by Skype, as we're going to be probably doing for a while. Um, I, I don't see us uh, doing face-to-face in studio anytime soon. I, I don't see it. We have the technology and the, the the way to do it by Skype. I don't see any reason to put anybody at risk uh, for me getting somebody sick or potentially vice versa. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, anything um, people can do anywhere, whether it's podcasting or watching your movies, doing it safely. Absolutely. If it's something you can do uh, remotely, then absolutely, then you might as well do it remotely. And a lot of broadcasts in the the media are doing their stuff remotely. Even newscasters. I've been watching the news lately uh, and noticing that some newscasters are doing the news from their their dining room tables. So there's a lot of that going going on right now. For sure, this uh, this weekend I did the uh, the Chattanooga Film Festival remotely. So, yes, there's a lot of opportunities right now to do a lot of really cool things online. It's funny you mention that because uh, you know the 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 conventions, the uh, the comic cons of the world, uh, mm-hmm. various different conventions out there. There's a lot of them that are being done right now remotely. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was an opportunity to do one where you could uh, have a, a I think I think a three minute online with uh, the cast of Cobra Kai? Yeah, it, make, it makes sense. A lot of those conventions, uh, you know, because they've already uh, taken money for badges and stuff, and a lot of the guests, you know, already made the commitment. They're like, let's try to do anything we can to at least give some type of experience. Yeah, and so, you know, and you've I'm sure you've been to many of these conventions in the past where you can – you know, have a one-on-one with Lou Ferrigno or uh, Mark Hamill or whoever uh, are the the uh, the scheduled uh, cele- scheduled people for that event, and you can get your autograph, take a picture with them. And since they're not having these in person, you can do these now remotes with these different people. the The Star Trek Next Generation cast has one coming up where you can uh, spend three minutes with Data on a on a Skype chat. And then you can add for an extra cost, you can get a picture autographed and sent to you. Uh, not bad, not bad idea. No, not not at all. Um, also, a lot of uh, courses that you can take right now online. Second City is doing their their classes for improv remotely. Um, a lot of uh, oh, before her and and rest and and sad news, but uh, the singer Melissa Etheridge was teaching guitar lessons i think for for something really like less than 50 bucks you could take a guitar lesson from melissa etheridge online but then unfortunately her son passed away so the classes the 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 guitar lessons she was doing online have been shut down for the time being but that was a really cool deal i was like oh man that would be really tempting to take a guitar lesson from melissa etheridge online yeah for sure and i mean for instance in these film festivals you know where you would pay you know, a couple hundred dollars for a badge because a lot of it is experience. The virtual one was only thirty dollars for all weekend, and granted, 
not all of the films stuff from mm-hmm. the bigger studios obviously isn't going to play to where right. you can stream it but you know it's still a good selection and a lot of live q and a's and things like that so uh definitely worth it and just getting content <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Get a place to, a place an opportunity to be able to see uh, some new content. Uh, well, and speaking of new content, that will uh, be our 126th episode. We're going to talk about new content possibly coming up uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, in the review and the trailer, we're going to hit Tenet, the Christopher Nolan sci-fi thriller that is still. I guess still scheduled for July release, but if you watch this trailer that I'm going to play here in a second, uh, at the very end of the trailer, it's now been changed to the release date to just coming to theaters. Yeah. So they're playing it safe a little bit there on the marketing. Um, I know there's still some theaters that are working to get reopened in July. Uh, there's some, a few, a small handful that are already open. Um, do you think we're going to get Tenet in July? Do you think that's still a real, a realistic goal? I, 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 I really don't think so. Uh, as much as I, I, I would really like it, I think that we're, yeah, we're still a ways away from you know hundreds of people being put into a single auditorium that's circulating airflow. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we're we're still a little ways off. Yeah, and if Tenet is going to be in trouble for its July release, then Mullen the same or Mulan, sorry, Mulan the same way, and also uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is not too far behind that in August. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely feel like all eyes have been on Tenet since the the shutdown. Yeah. as well, Christopher Nolan doesn't want to budge, but I I think if it gets to the point where Warner Brothers might be the ones that are like, no, you have to. Yeah, yeah. And if he had been able to, if they are able, if they were able to pull that off, and I don't know, it's still kind of. I think it's probably right now. If he had asked me, I'd say oh, about fifty fifty on. Actually, I'd say probably about forty sixty with sixty percent in favor and not in favor of it. It actually happening in July, mm-hmm. but right now, I th- I think that um, that. If he had been able to pull that off and get that movie released in in, in July, your competition's fair, the competition that you would have had compared to what you actually would have now would be considerably less. So that movie, yeah. that some of the losses that you would take and less people being willing to go to the theater could be counterbalanced by the fact that there's less movies in the theater. So True. a movie, movie like that could still do okay if you're able to pull that off. But I know for a, a a movie of that budget and that caliber and the same with Wonder Woman 84 and the same with Mulan, you really need to bring in at least, I would say at least 200 million to be able to, for it to be successful. Yeah. I mean, even, even more so with, with those type of movies, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the production budget alone is usually 150 plus, And then, yeah. then you start adding in the, the marketing, uh, and then you start adding in the theater share mm-hmm. of the ticket sales and, you know, a lot of times to break even for the big ones, you're, you know, you're asking for at least 50% more dollars than what you spent on it. Yeah. And sometimes tw- twice as much. So that, I mean, that plays a big part of that in in what they have to consider 
And if they don't guesstimate that they can make that, and I, I wouldn't even be surprised that they haven't been doing some phone or online uh, surveys randomly. Hey, if the theaters were to reopen in July, what's the likelihood, you know, yes or no, that you would go back to a movie uh, if it was one of these movies showing? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I could see almost everything else that was left for the summer. I think Bill and Ted's was in there too for August, and I don't know if it still is, but I could see almost everything that's left. Because if you move July stuff, I think you pretty much can guarantee you're going to move August too because it's, it's just right behind it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you don't have another big budget movie to worry about until November when you get into the Black Widows and then we're back to James Bond again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's already rescheduled, and Black Widow's already rescheduled. Uh, November feels more like a realistic. I don't know. Right now, November feels more realistic. I I would agree. I think we'd get back to we we would get back, and that gives because that gives the theaters more time to kind of prepare what they're what they're going to how they're going to approach it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I could see some theaters doing some small renovations. Maybe taking some seats out of the theater, maybe moving some seats further away from each other. Yeah, I mean, blocking blocking off sections, um, all kinds of things. Yeah, there's there's different things like that they could do. Uh, yeah, there's the sectioning off of seats. Uh, I mean, there was obviously the space issue. Um, I saw today, you know, Shake Shack, one of my favorite places for burgers. You know, I don't have any. I don't have any. I don't get any money for saying that. Uh, I wish I could get a free, at least a free burger for saying that. But I love yeah. I love Shake Shack, but they uh, have never done drive through, and they're going to start modifying a lot of their locations to include uh, a drive through option. Now that's something that's going to take a, a while to implement across all of their locations across the country. But that was something that was unheard of for a place like Shake Shack. Uh, just you know just. Years ago, you would have never even thought of that as being a possibility. But they're they're going to modify a lot of their 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 the way their um, their business is structured. So I could see movie theaters maybe short term having to do some stuff short term that would work maybe to get them open for the for the holiday season November. Mm-hmm. But maybe they have some long term plans that they have to implement that might take a little bit longer. That maybe they can reinvent. What we what we're used to seeing when we go into a floor plan at a movie theater. Yeah, I I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be different. You know, maybe the lobbies are a little. Maybe you have to shave off some of the the space off the lobby to make the actual uh, theater rooms bigger, so you can space out seats more. And I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's something they're considering already. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll we'll find out a lot over the next several weeks as more and more businesses do open to, you know, some capacity and, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see what the, the trends look like with uh, this virus and uh, people yeah. obviously still getting, you know, contracting the virus and yeah. people still dying by the thousands. And uh, well, it's just kind of one of those wait and see it's still out there. I mean, it's definitely still out there, and it's a, it's a real thing. Um, one more thing on that. Uh, we, we've been going for walks as we're able to to get out, and we go to the to the shopping center near our house that's really a – it's where the Alamo Village is. 
And right mm-hmm. now, that's a really slow. It's usually a slow shopping center anyway, with a lot of not, not a lot of foot traffic. But especially right now, with the Alamo closed, the the coffee shop still closed, the yogurt shop is is closed. So there's not much foot traffic over there at all. So it's a good place for us to go walk the dog and take take our son and go walk around. And we went by as our favorite yogurt shop to go to. And they they completely gutted out the place. The crew that that runs the yogurt shop is there. They're inside working, but they have completely gutted out the yogurt shop. They must be doing a total overhaul. So they what they're planning on doing is going to be totally different. Yeah, I I mean I I think a lot of business there are going to have to because they're you know for the foreseeable future you know until they're is a vaccine or something mm-hmm. you're going to have to change your business model. Mhm. Yeah. And that looks like what they're doing there. Okay. So anyway, on this episode as we uh kind of veered off there a little bit, on this episode we're going to talk about new content coming up and we've got first of all the big announcement that came this past week, the Zack Snyder cut that is going yes, to happen yes. now. It's going to be a real thing on HBO Max. Now, there was, there's been a huge internet campaign for this for a long time to release the Snyder Cut. And then there were rumors about the Snyder Cut actually existing somewhere. Well, the Snyder Cut for Justice League is going to happen. Was it completed? No. They're working on completing it, and it's going to be released on HBO Max. So we're going to talk about that. Before we get on that, we will talk about the uh, in the review in the trailer. We're going to talk about Tenet, Christopher Nolan's film that we're uh, we think we're going to get in July, or we may not get it in July, but we are going to get it in the future. We know that. And then we'll have our usual tropes: agree or just disagree, thoughts and advice. Me, myself, Johnny Lightfoot. Right after this. Yeah, and here it is. Reviewing the trailer, we're gonna hit Tenet. Let me go ahead and play this right now. All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones too. Use it carefully. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. I'm not saying I'm again here. No. Something worse. I gather you have an interest in a certain Russian national. Mike, bring me in. You really want to know? He can communicate with the future. Time travel? No. Inversion? Name it and pull the trigger. 
You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. Oh. Well, I've seen too much. Well, we'll try and keep up. Your duty transcends national interests. This is about survival. It seems bold. Bold, I'm fine with. I thought you were going to say nuts. Where our worlds collide. How would you like to die? Old. <laughs> you chose the wrong profession. I love that line. How would you like to die? And he's like, old. Yeah. He said you chose the wrong you profession. You chose the wrong profession. <laughs> that's a good. That's one of the best lines in the trailer I've seen so far. Well, that from here. There are people in the future who need us. I need a tenant. We need to save them here and now. This reversing the flow of time. Doesn't us being here now mean it never happened. You want to crash a plane, but not from the air. That was so dramatic. <laughs> well, how big a plane? That part is a little dramatic. Fun trailer, fun trailer. A little bit of a uh, Inception, like a throwback to Inception in some of the shots oh, there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, earlier Christopher Nolan film. More, uh, more Michael Caine. In a Christopher Nolan picture. Oh yeah, he's back. Uh, we see Robert Pattinson in there. Uh, all John David Washington. Uh, great cast. Uh, what do you think about it? Oh, I think the the cast is is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, for all, I mean, he's always had great casts in his films, and uh, I, you know. I I really can't wait to uh, see them all together, um, and I I just think John David Washington is going to be a star. I think if he was maybe four to six inches taller, he would definitely be the next Denzel like mm-hmm. action star. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, there it's obvious like that uh, the act the acting gene caught on with him. Yeah, he's great. Well, I mean, he could go to Tom Cruise to get the uh, the one hundred and one. Yeah. Oh, on, yeah. On how to break into action films as a as a shorter 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 guy. Because mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, it seemed to figure that out. Uh, I think the key for Tom Cruise is always making sure there's some running scenes in a film. Oh yeah. The running, I think, somehow adds height to his appearance in films. But uh, yeah, John, if anybody figured it out, it was definitely Tom Cruise that figured out how to do action films um, as, a, as a shorter height. But yeah, he looks great in this film. Uh, I agree. This film, once it finally does come out, is probably his breakout role. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and he's got some comedic chops too. I'm seeing that in this film. When he's got that scene with Robert Pattinson, they're talking about crashing a plane. Uh, I can see his comedic side there as well. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm all, I'm excited about this film. I I agree with you though. I mean, I think this is a film that 
we're um, we're not going to get to see it next month, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, I, I, but here's the question: If you push it back, you've already got November and December pretty full, I would think, right now. Especially with movies that were pushed back, like Black Widow. So, where do you move Tenet if you have to move it again? If you have to move it? Um, I mean, I've heard I've heard some rumors that if they push it, they move it. That they might move it to Wonder Woman's spot. Interesting. And then just go ahead and, and delay Wonder Woman until you know March or April. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's that. Um, and we're you know that's a good segue. Speaking of DC and Wonder Woman, we're about to talk about that that world, that universe, uh, with the Snyder Cut, the announcement that came this week, with the uh, the fact that the Snyder Cut is going to happen. It's going to be a real thing, um, and to me, that's really fascinating. Uh, that that's something that the internet, mostly the internet, kind of made that happen. I think there were a few other things that were involved in making that happen. That that um, it otherwise would not have happened if it had not been for a few of these other elements uh, that mm-hmm. were involved. But that's going to happen, and we we know it's going to happen in twenty twenty one. Now that'll be a thing less affected by the theaters being closed because it's not having to worry about release dates because theaters are not open or because right. people are worried about COVID-19, that can come out when it's ready to come out. Uh, so we know we're going to get that in 2021. But do you think that there's any... I don't I don't think there would be any... With Wonder Woman 1984 being basically a prequel to all the DC films that have happened in the present time, I don't think it really will matter when Wonder Woman comes out, and that shouldn't affect Zack Snyder's cut, should it? No, I... I, I I seriously doubt that um, they're they're gonna push out um, the Zack Snyder cut whenever it's finished. It doesn't matter if Wonder Woman's coming out. If if anything, if they if they do push Wonder Woman, it might be to do like some sort of dual hype. Like, why don't mm-hmm. we release uh, Justice League Snyder cut? Mm-hmm. Around the same time as Wonder Woman, yeah, and really kind of cross promote, cross promote them. Mm-hmm. Much like uh, was kind of what happened in December with with Star Wars when Rise of Skywalker came out, and the Mandalorian was knee deep in their their se- their first season, and there yeah. were a little bit of crossover in the story. But that, yeah, that would be whatever month they would do that. That could be kind of a blessing in disguise for having to delay Wonder Woman if they decide to go that route. Because they would, they could, for the first time in a long time, DC could really own a month. Absolutely, that would be big for them. That would be a great springboard. And then you're going to get, you know, you're still going to get Aquaman two behind that. And then I think with the Justice League and the Zack Snyder cut, I think you could introduce even some new opportunities that weren't there at the moment for for DC in in terms of what they can do as far as future content. Oh, absolutely, and you know. Maybe there's a video game or comic book cross promotion. Maybe mm-hmm. by then comic stores are open and you you do some sort of thing again, like like Star Wars did, because they had yeah. the TV show, the video game, and the movie all out around the same time. Yeah, yeah. What do you think in terms of the what is going to come of the Snyder cut of Justice League? We know it's a longer cut. We know that much. 
there's been talk of it, whatever they end up releasing on HBO Max, there's been talk of it being four hours. There's been talk of a six hour. There was talk of them maybe doing it even as a series, like a limited series and maybe being eight hours. Um, but what do you think, uh, what we can expect that will be unique and different from what we ended up getting in the theaters in the original? Um, I mean, I th- I, again, it's going to be darker. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to eliminate a lot of the Joss Whedon stuff. Yeah. I think you, they're definitely getting rid of uh, m- the mustache, mustache uh, debacle. Yeah. The, the, the Henry Cavill. You've definitely got to get get rid of that. Do you re- um, do you means- reshoot do you reshoot Henry Cavill or do you go in and do a uh, like a beard a beard for Superman? Oh man, I mean it really depends on the the scenes. I mean I know we're for sure getting the black suit mm-hmm. Superman, but a lot of that stuff was already shot, so I don't know. And honestly, if you are reshooting. I think you could probably get all of the main cast on board except Ben Affleck. Yeah, no, and he's excited the fact right, that it's he's happening. He's excited, but yeah, he doesn't want to put on the cowl again. Yeah, unless it's some sort of surprise and they somehow, you know, talk him into it like, "Hey, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to give you the send-off as Batman you should have gotten by making this new 4-hour cut." Yeah. And it, it could fix a lot of things. I mean, Man of Steel, I thought, was a really good movie. I like. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Man of Steel. It's not my favorite superhero movie of all time, by no stretch of the imagination, but I thought it was a quality reintroducing Superman to the cinematic world in, in the modern times, in, 20, in, the, in the 2000s. I thought that uh, Batman vs. Superman was definitely much better than Justice League wasn't perfect but i saw the perfect movie inside that movie that was there that was intended to be there and i think that what happened was Zack snyder couldn't get he had to condense a lot of what he wanted to do again in a shorter amount of time and i think it was really hard to do i think a lot of things was rushed in that film and i think that if he had been able to do it as a as a uh, hbo max uh 6 hours it probably would have been a, six, a brilliant six hours. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree, and I think that it's going to be more cohesive. It's going to make more sense mm-hmm. because you've got the same director at the helm, um, and then uh, you're not forcing him to cut down his movie because uh, I, I agree the theatrical version of BVS there were parts that didn't make sense. And after going back and watching the ultimate cut, I actually, you know, I think it's a pretty decent movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if you, if you did that same thing with justice league, but you know, not only is it a cut, he's going back, you know, with 20 to 30 more million dollars to put extra stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think this is really, the canvas that Zack Snyder has always needed, and this is perfect for him. Um, so a couple of things that, that's making this possible, obviously one is the fact that there was a great internet campaign. The internet sometimes gets what they want, and there's been times where internet campaigns have really worked. Uh, years ago, there was an internet campaign for Betty White to host Saturday Night Live, and that 
happened. People made that happen through internet hashtags and an internet web campaign. Um, so same thing with this. We're getting the Snyder Cut as a result of that. But also I think a little bit because HBO Max is, is, is there as a platform now for this to happen. And they in the HBO HBO the streaming wars are are among us or upon us rather, and I think that everybody is there's content we're going to get as a result of the streaming wars that we would not have otherwise have gotten, and that's a beautiful thing for us as as consumers. Absolutely. So Absolutely. there's a there's a lot of other gems that we're going to get, but this is one of them uh, that we're we're getting because of this would not have happened. For a theatrical release, there's just there's no way they would have done this. They wouldn't have taken the risk. Um, they wouldn't have spent the money. But when they need content for HBO Max so they can compete with the Disney Pluses of the world and the Netflixes of the world, absolutely. Um, there's and if this, we really got to root for this to be a hit for HBO Max because if it is, there'll probably be some other things that that will come out of this that will be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the other thing is. This was started. Apparently, I read this had started to be kind of talked about uh, among the uh, important parties to make it happen back as early as February. But I think that do you think it's possible the pandemic helped push this through? Um, I I think it was part of that, and I think it was also part. Um, they need they need content that they know people want for hbo max and they need people to mm-hmm. get excited about it and they need people to subscribe to it mm-hmm. um i think you know part of it you know it's kind of like with sonic although you know all the people complaining ended up making the the movie better because mm-hmm. they went and redesigned the character but again it's, it's a dangerous precedent um for studios to set but i think from a content standpoint, I think it's it's a good play, and I think hopefully it ends up pleasing a lot of fans and mm-hmm. folks who have been complaining. I just hope that um, people do temper expectations, right? Because uh, I have a feeling there are going to be lots of people out there who are expecting a perfect movie. No. Um, or they had something in their mind of what it's supposed to be because they've heard, you know, Kevin Smith and, and Jason Momoa and other people talk about how great mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's version is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I, I had to do that initially because I started to think about it and I put on the brakes after about a day of kind of digesting the whole thing. And I'm like, you know, wait a minute. There's only so much they can do other than just – I mean you can't – they're not going to completely reshoot the whole film and write a new script. There's only so much they can do. But I think that you spend 20 or $30 million, I think the film was going to be a good 25% better. I think it's, oh, yeah. it's possible. Um, now, you, may, you, brought, you bring up a good point. You're talking about how that you have to be really careful too with this because there's been times internet – the internet pushing for something – has ruined stuff. And yeah. I'll give you an example, and there's some people that are going to hate this, that I'm saying this, but there's going to be a lot of people that agree with it. But I, I think the internet kind of ruined Rise of Skywalker in a way. Yeah. Because I think that the, because of the outrage over 
The Last Jedi. And I, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I didn't love The Last Jedi. I'm not, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Last Jedi fan. I appreciate a lot of what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. I also think Ryan Johnson happens to be a very talented filmmaker and a great director. But I, I appreciate a lot of what he was trying to do. But I didn't, I didn't necessarily love the out, what it, the final, the final outcome of Last Jedi. Um, I'm also um, a lot of people would kind of frown on the fact that I I thought Force Awakens was really good. I actually liked Force Awakens. I get the criticisms towards it being a retread of New Hope, but I think it worked. I think it worked. Um, but but with uh, the Rise of Skywalker, I mean, having a few months kind of separated from it, it's kind of a hot mess in a way. I hate to say it, but it was. Yeah. And a lot of that is because of the internet and their and the and the fans and their and their uh, their uh, hatred of, of Last Jedi, and I think that it turned into a focus group movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, they they ditched a lot of the plans for for what Episode Nine was supposed to be. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's now looking back in retrospect. Um, I think there were some mistakes there. Uh, I mean, I think what they did is they, they, you know, I'm a person that said, I've said I love fan service, but too much of a good thing sometimes is not good. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot, and I also thought, you know, they paid fan service in a lot of way, ways, in a lot of ways with that movie, but I thought it was the wrong fan service that was being played in the wrong places. And some of the fan service that maybe we should have gotten, we didn't get. And so I think it was the wrong selection of fan service. And then I also thought it was just a little bit too much pandering in, in some ways. Um, there were no consequences. Um, C-3PO survives. Chewbacca survives. There was just, it was just, it was like playing a video game in a way. And everybody, yeah. won, everybody won. Everybody won. And it's, it's full of uh, convenience. In, in that the, the heroes, everything seems to be handed to them mm-hmm. uh, instead of earned. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and there were some very f- good things in that film that I could extract from that and said, oh, that was awesome. And this was awesome. Um, I mean, a, good, a Star Wars movie, good or bad, is always going to be a good roller coaster ride. But is mm-hmm. it going to be a is it going to be a great film or is it going to be a quality film? I don't not maybe not necessarily always. Um, now getting into like back to the Zack Snyder thing for a second, and what he's going to have opportunity to do is tell a story where he's going to have time for the story to breathe and be able to not rush it like he had to do in in the theatrical releases that he did for DC. And I think that's something that Mandalorian had an opportunity to do for Star Wars. Is mm-hmm. if you had made Mandalorian as a movie. And tried to release that as a two-hour and two-minute movie. Maybe it's not as good. If you tried to take that first season of Mandalorian from beginning to end and turn that into one movie, I don't think it's 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 nearly as good. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And I, I mean, I'm gonna be interested because I've I've heard people say um, which preference they have on whether they they want them to release it as just the big one four hour cut yeah or are they gonna do the you know six 45 minute episodes or or whatever it is yeah how do you feel to make it like chapters you know 
How do you feel about that? What would you prefer them do try to do? I mean, if it if it flows well, I like the idea of chapters mm-hmm. because the idea of sitting through, you know, four straight hours where the majority of the movie is a two and a half hour or movie I've already seen. Right. Whereas I think if you give people something to where they can kind of consume it as they want it. Yeah. And granted, you know, with making it a movie, you know, I, I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, Johnny, you have a pause button and you can always come back to it later. Sure. But I like the idea that, you know, trying to curate something to where you do have those definitive, oh, and the chat, you know, the chapter's over, cliffhanger, come back next week type thing. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, an app like Quibi did a really good job of that to where essentially if you sit down and watch every episode of a show on Quibi, essentially it's just an hour and a half to two hour long movie that they've just broken up in five to 10 minute mm-hmm. chapters like a novel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's clever. It's clever how they've done that. Um, now here's a, from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, it would make the most sense for them to break it up into chapters, 45 minute chapters, I would say, and do like six or eight of them and not release them all at the same time. Release them one in a one like they did with the Mandalorian. Release them one a week for X amount of weeks because if you get subscribers that want to just sign up for the trial seven day, I don't know what HBO Max is offering, but I know a lot of the streaming services will generally offer a, a introduction for like a week of free streaming, and then after that you're charged whatever the monthly monthly fee is. So if HBO Max were offering a seven-day trial and people just wanted to watch the the Snyder Cut and then cancel their service, because there's really, right now, I don't, I don't know of anything else I'm really excited about on HBO Max. Is there anything else right now that you're excited about? Oh, gosh. Um, I, it's been a while since I've kind of gone through the list yeah. of the content. I mean, I know a lot of uh, stuff is going to be be older stuff yeah um so i'm curious to see you know what all the other stuff coming out to it um or with it excuse me but yeah i mean i guess i haven't really followed it because uh like i already knew i was getting it because of the plan that i'm on cell phone Mm -hmm. plan i have Mm -hmm. hbo for free and so there it automatically upgrades to max and i was like okay well on the 27th i'll just go in and browse whatever's there yeah um and see i was actually about to because there are some people who have um already had it for a little while so they've been able to you know go in and and mess around with the the interface and everything Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you've got stuff like South Park and Friends, I know, is a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, and they were going to have the Friends reunion, which I thought for a long time was going to be an actual scripted Friends like reunion with an actual like story. But all it really is going to be is an actual just reunite, reuniting the cast for, mm-hmm. for a roundtable discussion of sorts. And that was supposed to have been released this month. But it was delayed. Mm-hmm. The, the the filming of it was delayed because of the pandemic, as well. 
they yeah they do have the uh the new perry mason is going to be one of the new shows that's right yeah that's right a um, couple documentary series which i always look forward to mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's mostly to be honest mostly older content and then just stuff that's already on hbo um and so, yeah, I think that that's why this this news of this Justice League cut is um, a big deal, because you're trying to get people excited about, you know, the HBO Max. And to be honest, I can't think of anything off the top of my head where, you know, it was whether it was a podcast I was listening to or or whatnot, where I was like, oh, man, I'm definitely day one. Mm-hmm. I need it to get on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike uh, where the Disney plus that was probably the most anticipated streaming launch of all oh, time, yeah. of all time. And I mean, even them right now, they're, uh, you know, they're also trying to kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel right. for content because they're, they're releasing the Hamilton movie a year early and putting it on Disney plus. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and that's what that's going to happen. The longer the the uh, the filming of product, the long, longer productions are shut down, the more that's going to hurt also the streaming platforms and being able to create original content. Now, I know a lot of things have been green lighted to go back. Some things have been green lighted to go back into production. I know Winter. I know uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was was mm-hmm. given the green light to go back into production uh, where they were filming overseas. Um, maybe one other Marvel show I think was given the green light to go back into production. Some stuff. Tyler Perry I know has been working on a plan for his studios to reopen soon. So I know some of that is happening as well. But I, I'm starting to already see already even this month starting to see the the effect of the shutdown since March. Uh, CBS yep. CBS the television network just reintroduced the CBS Sunday Night Movie. Which is basically old, cla- old, old classic movies in prime mm-hmm. time, and that would have probably at one time would have been a block of time that they would have, even in the summer months, would have introduced some sort of summer content, new filler content, whether it would have been some kind of Amazing Race or, um, you know, the uh, the Undercover Boss or one of those types of shows, and those were shows yeah. that probably would have been filmed back in March and then ready to release in May and June and they don't have that stuff right now. So they're putting out the CBS Sunday night movie, which was used to be a big thing back in the eighties and early nineties, I think. And now that's coming back and they're going to have, you know, the Raiders, I think Raiders of lost Ark is going to be one of the Sunday movies. So that, that is something you're going to, I think you're going to see a lot more of in television. Um, and also in streaming them having to go into the vault of old stuff for a while to kind of, make up for the lack of new content. Also, Fox has a uh, a show right now that's just basically celebrities at their house uh, riffing on on stuff that's on, t- on TV or in the news. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. One of the few network shows that I, I, I watch regularly that, that is one of those shows that just kind of comes back when your, your normal dramas aren't there, it comes back is... is one of Gordon Ramsay's reality shows, 24 mm-hmm. Hours to Hell and Back. Yeah. And they were getting ready to come back, and they only released one episode and even uh, premised it with this was filmed right before the, the shutdown. Wow. And yeah. then so I was like, oh, okay, well, 
this is when their new episodes would be coming out, but they were only able to put out one. Wow. Yeah, and you saw shows, too, like that I don't normally watch, but I had my eye kind of on them because I was curious how they were going to handle the pandemic that were already in seasons, like the American Idol. And I saw mm-hmm. them transition as they were going from being in, in a uh, in a stadium, uh, not a stadium, but a, being in a, in a theater, uh, doing the show in front of a live audience, and how they transitioned from that to eventually where the judges were in their homes remotely and the singers were at their homes and they were doing their performances remotely um, mm-hmm. and the judges were chiming in on their critiques remotely. So it was something totally different than what we had seen before to show shows like that. Um, I'm still waiting for that. I don't know if it's happened yet, but I, I thought pretty early on, I like, well, somebody could do a kind of a, 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 a remote version of a game show where you mm-hmm. have people come on like from their homes and participate in a, some kind of trivia show from, you know, from their house. Well, yeah, I even th- kind of thought and it was brainstorming and, and thinking about it. Why don't some of the networks go ahead and just air some pilots that they didn't green light series for? Cause I think that would be interesting. Cause you're always hearing about actor, you know, X getting cast or, you know, went and shot a pilot for this studio and uh, then it doesn't yeah. get, it doesn't get taken to series. So you, you got to imagine all those network studios have are sitting on piles of pilots. Uh, and I think it would be kind of cool to go see a bunch of shows that ended up not getting greenlit. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. You know, here's the thing too. And I don't know if this might be taking it a, a little step too far, but if they had say CBS, Summer of of second chance pilots. Summer of the second yeah, chance pilots. Then, you know, and you have the audience start saying like, "I would, you know, vote and see like, you know, maybe for a month or two months." And you say, "Okay, out of those eight pilots, which one would y'all want to see?" Exactly. Uh, more episodes. Yeah, and it would be like I a second chance. Cool. A second chance for some of these pilots. And then, and then you you'd get people to tune in every week because they want to see what the what the competition is yeah absolutely and i know you read about pilots sometimes because announcements are made sometimes about shows even they're going to be shooting a pilot for and then the show never surfaces and you're like man i would have liked to have seen that to see how that what that would have looked like yeah or or you you hear about you know you read somebody's imdb or you somebody blows up big and then you find out oh wow this superstar was in a, a a tv pilot you know back in 2003 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and even if they had if a show got voted by the fans this is the show we want to see more episodes of and they went to go order those episodes and the actors weren't available well they could always recast it because they do exactly. that they do that yeah. with pilots anyway all the time i mean you as the, the infamous original uh, Cosby show pilot had a different uh, Claire Huxtable and then they mm-hmm. recast her before and then they reshot the pilot Star Trek of course that's where Captain Pike came to be mm-hmm. the original Captain Pike was he was the original Enterprise captain and then they reshot the pilot with William Shatner and then the rest is history um, of course you finally get Captain Pike later but but decades later with a different actor mm-hmm. uh, playing the role Um so yeah, I, I love that idea. I love the pilot, the pilots rolling out the pilots and, and bringing those out as well. There are a few things that are that are happening though that are new. Um, the Space Force is is debuting in a few days on Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the much anticipated, highly anticipated uh, s- series with Steve Carell um, and Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, and I'm very excited about that. I, and do you think some? Now I know in the case of uh, the 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 documentary, The Last Dance, which was also a nice bit of uh, fresh content that we've got we've received since the pandemic started. I know they they pushed that up because it was originally not supposed to happen for a couple more months, and they mm-hmm. were literally editing those shows. Like as the shows was running, they were still editing the shows for the following week. Yeah, and I know that was as a result of them trying to push the show up a little faster. Do you think that happened with stuff like Space Force? Do you think that might have been was that? Do you think that was originally intended to come out now, or what, did they push that up a little bit? I think that was probably pushed up because I think a show like that, you're probably premiering that in the fall. Yeah, yeah, not not in the middle of a movie season. No. In the summer. Right now, because yeah, May, mean, even, May would be a big month for movies. Normally. Yeah, and even even ESPN, I believe, because now they're, they're airing new 30 for 30s every Sunday because right. try, they're trying to maintain that primetime Sunday night spot. Um, so they're like, hey, you love The Last Dance. Come back next Sunday for this one. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there has been that, and there's been some other documentaries. And they can... You know, they could get probably on footage that's sitting around. They could probably get on a phone with a few other people and find themselves a couple of other things in the vault for for other types of Last Dance documentaries that may, maybe otherwise wouldn't have happened. Yeah, or, or stuff that maybe they went out and, uh, you know, kind of like a pilot, you know, a, a mm-hmm. documentary filmmaker goes out, makes the documentary – gets back to ESPN or whether it's a, you know, Mm -hmm. wildlife documentary with Nat Geo or discovery and they, they get it somewhat finished and they're screening it to producers in the network. And maybe they're like, you know, this, this doesn't make sense right now. So we're not, we're not going to release it right now. Let's Mm -hmm. put it on ice. And then you've still got all of that footage. So maybe, you know, they're making calls to people who once, had their hopes of their documentary airing um, squashed, and they're like, "Hey, we, how would you like to finish that documentary? Yeah. We'll send you all the footage, and you just edit it for us." Oh, absolutely. There's going to be some opportunities for some people that wouldn't have otherwise gotten their stuff in front of eyeballs that are now going to get their opportunity because of the need for content and, and the easy plug-and-play content that doesn't require um, going out and shooting any new stuff. So mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So on this 126 episode, we've got, as always, agree or disagree for those asses right now. Okay, Johnny Lightfoot, are you ready for the 126 agree or disagree? I'm ready. It's here. It's happening. It's now. Number one, Simon Pegg. Um, very familiar uh, actor to a lot of people uh, from the uh, both the Star Trek and Star Wars world, as he's uh, good friends with J.J. Abrams um, and has, of course, been in Star Trek and he's directed Star Trek and he's made cameos in Star Wars movies. So Simon Pegg now wants to return to the Star Wars world, but this time as a bounty hunter. He's interested in playing Dengar in the Mandalorian, if they ever were to decide to do Dengar in the Mandalorian, do you agree or disagree with this idea? 
Um, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, go ahead. I mean, Dengar is one of those bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back that a lot of people like and or at least think that a character looks cool and there's mm-hmm. some backstory in the comics and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, on, honestly, I I would feel better about them bringing in some of those other bounty hunters or Bosk and those type of guys mm-hmm. um, than with the Boba Fett. I think Boba Fett, the announcement of that, I think it, it kind of takes away a little of the attention from the Mandalorian himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about the the announcements of the casting and there's going to be a lot of new, there's going to be a lot of familiar faces, not really new faces, but a lot Mm -hmm. of familiar faces that are coming back to season two of the Mandalorian. Do you worry that they're cramming too much into season two? Do you think that because it's a full season of a show and some of these characters may be used in only small, small parts that would be, that'll be okay. And it won't be too crowded. I mean, that's, that's my hope is that, you know, these characters that they're they're announcing that people are familiar with, you know, I hope they don't that they do just, you know, maybe they're in there for an episode. Mandalorian shows up on some planet, runs mm-hmm. into them. Uh, maybe Boba Fett has to help him out for some reason, or mm-hmm. maybe Boba Fett's a a, a villain because yeah. Boba Fett's not technically a Mandalorian. No. No, he's not. Yeah, even the suits. The, the suits are similar. There are some similarities. They're both bounty hunters, but maybe somebody hires Boba Fett to hunt down the child, and you get some kind of Western duel between the two. That would be cool. Now that would be a cool scenario if they did that. That definitely could be a, a great, uh, great setup for season two for sure, uh, and some of the uh, things that they might do with that. But also getting back to Deng, uh, Dengar, Dengar. Makes a cameo in Rise of Skywalker, as it turns out. There's an Easter egg in there where he appears in the movie, but this time a much different looking version of Dengar, as he was, uh, he was like Robo Dengar. He was, yeah, he got obsessed with modifying his body. Yeah, yeah, which is very interesting. And they could actually, they could actually, if they do bring Dengar back. Um, and John Favaro and Dave Filoni are so good about including little things like that, details and piecing that kind of piece together with other aspects of Star Wars universe in terms of the, the expanded universe and to where it makes sense. They might have a little, maybe they make a little like reference to that where he's already starting to kind of play around with that stuff, experiment with that stuff a little bit. In, yeah. the, in the movie, that could be a good good origin story for how that all started. Okay, number two, uh, you know the uh, the controversy that that was kind of surrounding the female led Ghostbusters film that came out a few years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Ghostbusters: The Answer, Answer the Call, I believe, was what the the eventual title of the movie was. It came out in 2016. Uh, the director is still very upset about the ugly reception that the mil- the movie received, and he has actually said recently. Uh, that he felt like the failure of his film was intertwined with the Hillary Clinton movement. And that fact huh. that he thinks because it was during the election year that, that his movie came out, a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, the anger a lot of the people that were having a uh, that were anti Hillary, the anti Hillary uh-huh. movement 
kind of led to the movie, his movie failing because of it all being an all female led Ghostbusters movie. It sort of people associated a lot with the the Hillary Clinton movement. Do you agree or disagree with his theory on that? On that that being the reason why the movie maybe didn't do as well, or one of the reasons the movie might not have done as well? Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with that one. I think the failure of that movie was more so on uh, the the trailers weren't very good, the marketing mm-hmm. wasn't great, and I think people's appetite for a Ghostbusters movie has always been a sequel to the original. Yeah. Too. Um, they've they've never wanted just a completely new Ghostbusters. They've they've wanted a sequel. And granted, I don't think that even necessarily means that people felt you had to bring the whole original cast back either. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted some sort of continuation of that world where that had that had already transpired. Much like Cobra Kai, what Cobra Kai ended up being for exactly. the for the original yeah. Karate Kid, it's not. Always, the Cobra Kai is not always centered around, um, you know, the original cast. The original cast definitely is is a part, a big part of it. But there's an mm-hmm. ensemble cast there. Yeah. So there's a lot of other players involved, uh, and I think also I can see Cobra Kai. The longer it goes on, if it because I've heard the creators talking about maybe going on for six seasons. And I think mm-hmm. in the case of Cobra Kai, if it were to go on for for six seasons, I think there could be like as you get into the later seasons, the focus of the show could shift more to the younger cast. And, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because I think there'll be less. They will have tapped a lot of the material that they could revisit with the original characters. By the time they get through the, the fourth season, I think they will have tapped a lot of the things that people wanted to see of that original cast. And I think then people will want to start seeing the younger cast kind of come of age a little bit and kind of seeing their storylines and, and how their, their arc and their characters develop. Um, no, absolutely. And I mean, keep them around, but they're not, you know, they're not the focus. No. Yeah. Definitely. They're still going to be a part of it. Uh, now this is interesting. Uh, he also said, the director also said that, you know, we, we tossed around the idea of making these women the grand, the, the, you know, the daughters or the granddaughters of, I guess it would have been more like the daughters of the original Ghostbusters. But then I decided I wanted it to have them to have their own story and their own origin. So that was mm-hmm. the reason why we went in the direction we did. But it was an ill-fated decision. I think that was the biggest problem. I actually love the idea. I love the actresses there in that movie. I love the idea of a female yeah. Ghostbusters. I just think, in fact, I think that made sense. If you were going to do Ghostbusters the next generation, it made sense to do something a little different. Yeah, but then at the same time, like if you're going to do it different, don't make each one of these just like a, a copy of right. one, basically right. a female copy of one of the original ones, which was exactly what they did. Yeah, very much so. So I think that the, what they're the, the direction they're going with the go again another movie we would have been getting in about uh, oh about a month, um, mm-hmm. but now pushed back to next year in March. Um, but that film seems like it's finally kind of figured it out, and it seems to be going from what I've seen in the trailer seems to be what maybe people were wanting to begin with. More, more of what they were wanting to begin with in the, in the beginning. Um, number three, talking about Disney Plus earlier, uh, Disney Plus is at it again. They have caused some more commotion over censorship and the outrage on social media. Uh, this time for blurring out the cleavage 
in in a uh, uh, in the Wizards of Waverly Place, the cleavage they blurred out in that film. Uh, this was also a controversy uh, months ago with Splash. Now Splash on Disney Plus, they blurred out Daryl Hannah's butt yep. in one of the beach scenes where she's running. Um, so that's another thing that, that they were in kind of the internet kind of really went crazy over. Now, do you agree or disagree that this actually could be, and this is probably not the angle you think I'll go with the question. Do you agree or disagree that this actually could be a, a marketing tactic to get subscribers to still pay the extra money? So they'll still rent the rent and purchase the uncensored versions of these movies and show and shows. I had I hadn't even thought of that because I I do wonder because granted it's a much bigger property but the fact that even the streaming versions of the Star Wars movies is still the special editions right. So if you want the original one, you essentially have to buy one of the special edition DVDs second market, which is mm-hmm. several hundred dollars. Yeah. Those um, are hard to but come Disney, by. Yeah. Disney doesn't make any money off that. So that's not exactly the same idea. But um, on one hand, I could kind of see that. But then I wonder, like, are they are they censoring some of the stuff from like the older simpsons episodes and things like that obviously not visual censorship but audio censorship at all right yeah i i don't know if they've done anything on the the story like actual content of the simpsons like in terms of like editing out a word that was said but i do know that well the one episode was was deleted was taken out was the michael jackson episode and that Uh made that made sense but I don't. From what I understand, they weren't going to take anything else off on the Simpsons, but I don't know if they actually like. I mean, they kept all the other episodes, but I don't know if they did any like tinkering with the edits of those episodes. So that's interesting. I, I would have to look into that a little bit more. And you got the Family Guy there too, um, that you would ask the yeah. same question about. Um. Yeah. I guess I. I guess I would disagree because I don't think that the the fan bases for you know, Splash and Wizards of Waverly F- Place are a huge market to go out and, you know, purchase right. the original version so that they can see Daryl Hannah's rear end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this may be just Disney being Disney and then trying to yeah, over censor. I, I, I also think like, yeah, I think too, like the fan bases for are very different as well. Like the, the Wizards, people that's mostly young kids anyways that probably didn't even notice the the cleavage the first time they saw it yeah and then splash it's a much older audience and they might not even remember that her her rear end is shown in the movie so i don't know yeah no well and there was once one of the criticisms about what they did the wizards of waverly place a lot of people said it actually brought more attention when you're watching the Wizards of Waverly Place. You see that blur out; it actually puts more attention on the cleavage than what you might have already put attention on had right. it not been done. So for that reason, it kind of just made yeah, it. Yeah, because then, it, yeah, then, it, then it's kind of like, oh, well, what, what, what? There is so bad that it's being censored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the splash one was just a really bad CGI job. Yeah, you know, I don't. 
I don't agree with it, and I think there's other ways they could handle it. Uh, I, I don't agree with the fact that they're doing it. If they're doing it just for censorship, and I think you look at Netflix, we've we've been trying to find con- we've tried to find content now, not just for ourselves, but also for my son, who's going to be three in July. Uh-huh. So, and we try to keep the content that we're watching separate that from what he's watching so he, he's not exposed to a trailer that flashes on the screen or whatever that he may not be ready to see right uh, so on netflix in, ca- in the case of netflix they have a you know as you may know you may already know this but they have a separate login that you can have for different people that use the same account and yeah so the con that we have an actual login for our son that has mm-hmm. his name on it. And we, as we've always had a different login for me and my wife, so where she, because she's got shows that she's going to want to watch. Obviously, I'm not interested in watching Toy Boy. But yeah, she's and not yeah, going to be. You don't want to, you don't want a trailer for like extraction playing for, for your, your son. Exactly. So we have a login that's separate for him. So when you go to his login, it's all kid shows, it's all the mm-hmm. cartoons. It's all that stuff. So the homepage, or the, uh, I guess you would call it the homepage, but the, the screen that you go to initially for your net, when you open up Netflix, for him is very different. And it has, you know, Jim Henson and it has a lot of this other stuff that you would, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Clifford the dog or whatever. So that is there and that's great. I just think that's what Disney Plus should be doing. I, I agree. And that would be and, enough for and me. It's really easy for, for a parent to. To content lock anything, any app nowadays. Um, Literally, you don't want anything above a certain level. Then fine, it has you have to put in a parental code or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, there's no evil in Daryl Hannah's bare butt in the 1980s. I mean, there's there's that's not going to hurt. I mean, it's not going to turn anyone into a and grow up to be a you know a criminal or. It's not going to cause a person to, you know, turn into a, uh, you know, a bad person if they see that. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you don't want your kids to see it, they, you know, there's ways that they can set up the platform to where it would be enough, and then that that's it. Um, I don't like it. I hope I hope the internet backlash is enough for Disney Plus to eventually, or for Disney to finally maybe say, let's give them back the original cuts of these movies. Yeah. Because I mean, there there could be a time where in the future where that's the only way you can see Splash. Exactly. So I mean, or these other movies, and you, do you want them to be tinkered with too much? They're George Lucasing the films, is what it feels like. All right, guys. Well, uh, do we have? Is this the background that we're going to use? Okay, we get into uh, thoughts and advice, and in this episode of this, in this edition of thoughts and advice, I want to talk about. I want to ask Johnny what he thinks about haircuts and how he's been handling the uh, the barbershops that had been closed for weeks because of the pandemic. So I cut my own hair a couple of times. I've been doing that. I've been using my beard trimmer and just cutting my own hair. It's it's mm. a it's a worse version of the haircut that I normally get, mm. but it's serviceable. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not planning on going into any meetings face to face with anyone anytime soon. Um, so I could get by probably through the summer of using a beard trimmer. Now the hair, the barbershops are open. At least, at least a lot of them are. I don't think all of them are open, but a lot mm-hmm. of, I think quite a few of them are. Uh, now my son, he got a haircut from his Mima, and she actually wore a mask, goggles, and gloves, and gave him a haircut while she was heavily covered. Okay, mm-hmm. so 
in my situation, and she, by the way, he got a really bad haircut from his meemaw. It looks a lot like <laughs> Mo from the Three Stooges. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's a little bit, actually, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit Mo from the Three Stooges meets Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20, circa 1999. Oh, wow. Okay, so okay. my my son currently has that very haircut. If you could morph those two things together, that's what my son's hair looks like right now. Um, now my wife, she she was lucky. She got a hair she got her hair done right before this all started, like literally a few days before this all started. So she and she got it cut shorter than she normally does. So she's set for probably a little while longer. Now in your case, how have you been handling the whole haircut thing? Uh, so. It's it's one of those skills that uh, you never think you're really going to need. It's just kind of a – but I, yeah. I've actually uh, cut my own hair since I was 15 or 16. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. I, I, I've gone to a barber every now and then, but I find that typically it doesn't come out the way I want. So, yeah, usually I just kind of trim it as needed. <laughs> one of the nice things about curly hair is if if I mess up, then – you can't really tell. It kind of it kind of disguises itself. But yeah, I mean, my my late grandmother she owned three beauty salons, so I That's grew up right. in those, and so uh, yeah, learned a lot of uh, a lot of tricks of the trade. So yeah, I know how to cut hair. <laughs> That's really helpful. That's yeah, really, I've, I've cut during, a few people's hair. <laughs> yeah, you've had a couple of people that say, "Hey, can you can you do me a solid? Cut my hair." Yeah. yeah. So well, that's that's a great that's a great feature to have. Now there's some YouTube videos. Uh, have you ever seen any of those? Are there people should no, people stay away from I, that? I, I can I can definitely imagine it because I mean on YouTube you can find a how to on anything. I fixed a tailgate a few weeks back. Yeah. Which if somebody would have came up to me and said, "Hey, can you uh, <laughs> repair and replace uh, a latch and lock yeah. on a on a on a Toyota Tundra?" Yeah, I would have said no, but. 10 minute YouTube video and hey, I can, I can apparently fix tailgates. So that's the, the greatness of YouTube. Yeah. That's the greatness of YouTube in 2020 of the things that it can teach you how to do. There's actually, there used to be this thing they used to sell an ass seat on TV and it looked like a, like a suction and it, mm-hmm. it would, you could cut your hair with this vacuum, little mini vacuum. Oh, wow. And it was big. It was a kind of a thing that we used to sell on TV. And you could still find them on eBay. And I was like, hmm, thought about it for a, for a half a minute. I was like, just, I mean, maybe I order it. It'll be, a, if nothing else, it'll be a funny video of me trying to cut my hair with this hair, with this, this suction. Yeah. Hi, I'm Brian Collins, thanking you for purchasing the Flowbee. Proper suction is the key to getting great-looking haircuts. And what that could look like. I mean, I don't have a ton of hair to begin with, so I don't even know if there'd be anything for it to suck, for the suction to suck. I might, mm-hmm. you know, I might just I might take some skin off my head. I don't know. <laughs> or at least some red, like, kind of like when you used to, I, I used to go to acupuncture, and they did that uh, cupping. It might look like I had my scalp cupped. Yeah. With a bunch of red circles on my head after I do that. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know. Everybody's had their own way of doing it. But anyway, I saw that they also now they have an app where you can dial up a deliver, delivery hairstylist to come to your house and cut your hair at home. Interesting. So people that are still trying to social distance um, or maybe they're maybe not ready to venture into a barbershop or a hair salon. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are because they the, the places were busy. The barbershops and hair salons were booked up the first week they opened back up in Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. But but 
there were a lot of people that are still staying away. Um, but if you're trying to still stay away, but you're maybe you're willing to have a one-on-one, you could you can download this app and get a, a delivered like an Uber barber come to your house and on demand. Mm-hmm. Cut your hair, and maybe that's a you know that that's probably what I would try to do long term. If I if I don't do the vacuum, I'm probably going to do the try the app, and maybe get mm-hmm. somebody to come up and that. We'll do it as a family. We'd get someone to come over and cut all three of our hair, so my son doesn't have the Rob Thomas Mo mashup yeah. anymore on his next next go around. Uh, well, anyway, Johnny Lightfoot, sir, thank you once again. Yeah, absolutely. And continue always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, and continue to take care of yourself as we get into the summer months. And um, let's hope they get this thing figured out. Let's hope something something big comes along. Good, yeah. something good and big. Yeah. To uh, to really flatten the curve in a real way. Um, mm-hmm. But everybody out there, have a good hour, day, second, millisecond. Stephen Presley, Johnny Lightfoot, we're out. Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production.